Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host, as always, the Mug, your co-host, the Pope, and the Modder is with us as well. And of course, we take inspiration from the Barefoot Investor. But instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2022 NRL and AFL season. And it's a big welcome back to the Pope. Thanks very much, Mug, for having me. I'll, I'll preface this early on. I'm probably more reliable to speak to what makes a good passion fruit margarita this week than what who you should win in an NRL game. So I'll get that at the table earlier. But uh, it's good to be back. Uh, uh, places of you two, and look forward to speaking through some AFL and NRL content over the next 43 minutes. Uh, great to see you, Pope. And on behalf of us all here at the uh, Barefoot Punter and all the Barefoot uh, Punter followers, uh, congratulations, mate, on uh, on getting hitched. Uh, you showed us the ring there before, so uh, well done, mate. Uh, great stuff. Thanks very much, fellas. All righty. And uh, it's a big welcome back to the program, to the modeler. Good to be back, guys. Pope, congrats. Uh, congrats again. Um, we might have to burst out into a spontaneous uh, one of us chant mug at some point just to uh, really welcome into the into the married fold. Yeah. yeah, very good. You don't want to be welcome into my fold, though. I'm, I'm not still married, so that's a, that's a, that's a bit. Like, you don't want to be in that one. Um, Maybe we can have a podcast on that one one day, Mark. Just to talk through I, when that's happening. That, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that's something that we we want to uh, we want to go into. But um, but it's good to have you back, Pope. Uh, great to have the modder here, of course, as well. And. Uh, Geez, boys, what happened uh, yesterday? Was it yesterday? I'm confused with my days now. What happened uh, in the rugby over the weekend with the cow, um, the cows, the dogs getting up and beating Para? That was unbelievable. Yeah, you have to watch the full game. I was in. I was watching Maverick um, navigate an F14 and doing things that no other man can do yesterday afternoon. So. Not the best to speak to it, but uh, Paramount have got that in them. Uh, that's probably the, the key takeaway. They can get up for the big teams, but um, anyone below on the table and they they go missing, as we've touched on it a couple of times on the podcast, uh, you don't want to be on them when they're favourites, seemingly this year. Jeez, absolutely. And uh, and I saw a great – I actually went along to the big freeze uh, yesterday and, and saw – it was a great day, actually. It was just, you know, almost 80,000 strong at the MCG – the Pies fans, you know, it pains me to say it. I think they're the best fans in the comp. Uh, they consistently turn up. They always cheer loudly for their team. Um, I, I think they're really they're, they're really good fans, loyal fans, the Pies fans. Uh, and uh, they were in full voice yesterday. And, geez, you just witnessed an individual performance. Like Mason Cox, he's once every uh, – five years I think it must be or once every four years he pulls out this performance and uh tell you what he was good yesterday um and the crowd every time he went near the ball the crowd almost willed him to do something good again and he did and uh yeah it was pretty amazing uh watching that yesterday so um and a big price on the pies too Pope should have won the medal I actually it's always interesting when you go to the footy and you watch with the naked eye isn't it you know you don't have the commentators in your ear telling you how many stats this person's had um, and you just watch it. I actually thought the best four-quarter player on the ground was my check. Uh, I thought he was um, the most solid player. I would have had Cox uh, number two, and then you could have raffled it. it. 
I couldn't believe it. Uh, we checked it uh, at quarter time. I said to uh, the bloke next to me, I said, how many do you reckon Oliver's had? And uh, he goes, oh, I don't know, seven, eight. I said, higher. And he said, oh, I don't know, 10, 12. I said, higher. He had 16 possessions at quarter time. And um, yeah, sometimes when you're there, the naked eye is often the best test as to actually who's having the influence on the game and you're not getting sort of misled by the stats. Um, but yeah, my check, Pope, was my uh, was my answer. I thought he was the best four-quarter player for the Pies, particularly um, when they were struggling a little bit early uh, down in front of goal. He gave him a, a good solid option. Um, yeah, it looked, looked like a great occasion, didn't it? Like when in a week or fortnight where crowd numbers have been topical, um, the Mag Wyoming bucks the trend. It certainly did. Pope Modler, we've got plenty to talk to here uh, with band beats. So we better uh, we better get stuck into it straight away. I've got quite a few. Some of these actually personally affected me. So uh, I actually remember quite a few of them. And uh, the boot man remembered this one uh, in particular because all the way back on Thursday night, Shy Bolton to clear the line, anytime goal scorer, whatever you want, he misses from the top of the square pope. And uh, and all of those anytime goal scorers, that was only his fifth behind for the night, by the way. So zero goals, five. And the last one from the top of the square. And I know, Modler, I think you were talking about an interesting stat or an interesting price on, on what that actually was. Yeah, I followed a, a couple of guys on Twitter, uh, Liam Crow, and I think front of the podcast, Rory uh, Kilpatrick. Yep. So they've done some numbers between them and and based on you know where he's taking his shots, they worked out he was a he was a hundred to one shot to, to miss all these goals. So you know, could definitely be <laughs> if you were on him, you know, for any time or had him as part of your SGM legs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that was a tough one. Um, we also had just the tip social club. Had a 10-leg multi. Um, now, he was all over young Peatling. He knew he was going to have a good game, so he thought he'd chuck him in there for his 15 disposals. The kids kicked three goals in a, uh, three goals in a game for the third week in a row. But do you reckon he could get 15 disposals? Peatling finishes on 14. The 10-leg multi, despite getting three goals, doesn't get up. And uh, he had a fairly, he would have had a fairly, fairly hefty price on that uh, 10, 10 uh, leg same game too. So bad luck there for uh, just the tip, uh, I'm afraid. Didn't quite get the job done. I know Trendbetter was on that one as well. So uh, he misses out. Um, and in that same game, Pope, I had, uh, I actually, this is a personal, uh, personal, <laughs> personal one here. Aaron Hall, I had him in a couple of same game multis myself. Now, you know, sometimes your player misses out by one, you know, you get 14 instead of 15 or you get 19 instead of 20 or you get 24 instead of 25. But I took particular umbrage with this one because Aaron Hall was did a lot of kicking out on the weekend. Not once, but twice when he was kicking out from the goal square, he failed to get out of the goal square. So, uh, so he's done the old kick out from inside the goal square when he's a, he's a possession pig. He normally loves getting outside the goal square to, uh, to take that kick. Did it to me twice. Finished on 19 uh, possessions. So, uh, so that blew up a couple of the mugs, uh, multis there. So that was a bit uh, upsetting. But I think there was a couple over in the NRL as well. Yeah, there was. Uh, the couple that stood out for me, um, we'll go back to Friday night, the under total points in North Queensland Cowboys and St. George mug, 41 and a half was the quote 
in that game. Sitting at 37, I might add I was on the overs here, so this pinned out well for me. But <laughs> if you're on the unders, 37 points have been scored going in the last minute. Uh, Cowboys are little known second row, runs over an origin player and Ben Hunt scores towards the sideline and then conversion from the sideline takes that total of 43. So if you're on the unders there, hard done by. But um, a self-serving one and I, I haven't minded making things about me in the last few weeks, Mug, so I'll continue that theme. <laughs> but so I was on Mitch Moses for any time try scorer <laughs> yesterday afternoon. Parramatta were hammered, but Mitchell had an opportunity and when I say opportunity, he, this try has scored more than 99 times out of 100 just taking these easy into an open line and gets tackled from behind by Matt Burton oh. and the ball's knocked out of all. Mitch is just sort of head in the air and taking it easy, strolling in. So Mitch Moses at four dollars twenty-five anytime. Um, that was a bad bet yesterday. That was a real uh, Nick Rewalt Heath Shaw moment, but even worse, I think, because yeah, he, good analogy. Good yeah, analogy. He'd already yeah. crossed the line, hadn't he? He was just walking across the try line. Yeah. So, uh, so bad, bad beat there for sure. Modler, any for you? Uh, not none that affected me personally, but as we alluded to earlier, um, with Mason Cox, I think uh, two of the three judges had him best on ground, and then the third guy didn't have him in his, in his votes at all, so he missed out by one one vote there. So if you're on him at a, I think one fifty to one, I saw early in the in the week. So if you happen to yeah. find, you'd probably uh, probably be a bit bit uh, yeah, a bit uh, yeah. I think avoided uh, that that who, who, who do we know who gave those votes? Um, I know the guy who didn't give Cox a vote is a journalist for the AFL, I think. Um, oh, it's a, it's a collective thing. It's not just one person that does it. Yeah, so they each Okay, okay. I was going to say, uh, maybe they had the punters in mind when they gave it to Oliver, because I'd imagine uh, most <laughs> that would probably pretty, would have been pretty uh, a pretty popular win. i tell you what was popular when I, I actually went uh, and put myself through the GWS North Melbourne game on the weekend. And there was a bunch of blokes up behind me in the uh, in the corporate box. And when Toby Green took that, I oh, got a free kick on the top of the goal square for the first game. They erupted, and uh, and I think it's pretty safe to say uh, what was going on up there for the uh, for the first goal scorer. So uh, it was a very happy corporate box uh, with a whole bunch of young blokes up there uh, going bananas when uh, when Toby Green got uh, the first free kick of the game di- directly in front of goal. That was uh, that was a good one for the boys. Um, betting review, mother. We didn't have too much. I put up twelve and a half. Uh, for the Tigers. Now we only got 12 there. Hopefully some of the punters got on 10 and a half, 11 and a half, but you know, um, for official uh, recording purposes, uh, that one was a miss. And then the other one I was putting up was um, uh, GWS uh, to cover the the North Melbourne line. And and that one uh, came over the top, which was nice uh, for you. Uh, yeah. A bit of a mixed bag in the AFL. So uh, the two that I really liked with the Bombers uh, couldn't, quite get it done and the lines I think I tipped up the head to head and the line and they they just covered at the end there as well I think it was a yep. 20 and a half line I think it jumped out and they, they won by 21 so a bit of a bit of luck there um, and then yeah not much in the NRL we obviously had New South on the Wednesday night and um, yeah full credit to Queensland they, they just played mm. better on the day and um, got Cleary on a, on a bit of an off night so um, you know you take those when, when you get them and then um, yeah, the Roosters as well, who were looking good for a lot of the match. I think they were up with 20 to go and they didn't look like covering till about five to go, but didn't didn't quite get over the line there. So still yeah. looking to, to break that uh, NRL duck <laughs> we've had for the last uh, couple of 
This is the week, mother. We're coming back this week. Don't worry about that. Uh, we got the Pope back as well. All right, boys. Well, that's enough tomfoolery. Uh, are we ready to talk some AFL? It'll wait, Mug. Let's do it. Tee him up for us if you can, Pope. Yeah, most certainly. We've got a cracker Thursday night. The, the city will be awash with yellow and black and navy blue on Thursday on in the lead up to this one, won't it, Mug? We've got Richmond v Carlton at the G. Um, probably the most, I know they've played traditional round one clash, but this might be the most anticipated matchup of these two for a while. Yeah, um, we had a, a great game earlier in the year, first game of the round, and, uh, and I think we got another good one here. Um, I, my numbers were initially coming out, uh, maybe favouring the Blues uh, here, Pope, but um, Marchbank out, not that I rate Marchbank, uh, but they're just they're starting to get into a situation now where the Blues are scraping the bottom of the barrel too hard and they're starting to get into... You know, I would I would almost suggest they're into the 30s in terms of their players that they're uh, that they're selecting. So they're having to dig a little bit deep. They lose Chera as well, and on the same token, it looks like Richmond are going to get back um, Tom Lynch. I actually I didn't realise this until I looked around the other day. I was sitting next to him in a cafe, um, but uh, they, I should have asked him. Are you coming back, Lynchy? Um, uh, um, so they get back. We, we think they get back Lynch. They're going to lose Dusty, uh, which is obviously a, a, a big out, but I think that they can cover that. The other thing that's a bit different here too, Pope, is that um, Richmond, I mean, apart from probably losing Dusty, Richmond are pretty much full strength. You know, they're, they're, whereas in that first game of the year, they would have been about four or five players down on where they are actually at the moment. Um, since that time, uh, Carlton have lost Weedering, Pitnet, uh, and a few others as well. So, look, I'm not ploughing in uh, to the Tigers, but um, at the at the couple of points there, um, Pope, happy to uh, take a unit on the Tigers here. Yeah, like it. I can detect a degree of confidence there too, Mug. Mother, can we find the sort after consensus bit early here? Yeah, we can actually. Yeah, so I plug those changes changes in that Mug's just spoken to and and. Yeah, even with Dusty out, who, who I'm still rating quite high up in, you know, my list of, of influential players, I'm, I'm still liking the Tigers. I've got them about dollar fifty-five, so I think dollar seventy-four at Toppy. Uh, definitely, a, definitely a lean there, and and yeah, as you mentioned, a consensus as well. Like it, strong start from the boys. Siv. Um, um, don't know if it, I don't want to make it all about me, but it feels like um, we're in unison here tonight. Uh, we go to Friday night. Uh, Saints v Bombers. Mug, what are you seeing in this one? I'm seeing uh, a funny number. Um, that number was too big uh, when it opened up for mine at the 27 and a half. Uh, the only reason why I'm not really jumping into it. What have we still got? We've still got 24 now. Is that right? 23, I think. Yeah. 23, yeah. My, my lean at that 23 is probably to the Bombers, um, but I'm a little bit worried about what comes back the other way for the Saints. They could get Hunter Clark and they could get Billings back. So I'll probably just uh, wait to have a look at see what happens there. But we've got Langford, McGrath, and apparently Parrish has pulled up pretty well from that calf. So he potentially stays in. Look, if the Dons get... Um, McGrath back, they get Langford back, and those other two boys don't come in on top of the three outs uh, for the Saints. I'd be uh, all about the Bombers here, but I do think Billings and Clark are probably going to come in, which will stabilise that line back around to about 25, 26. My lean is to the Bombers, but um, 
but I'll probably just have to stay out. I think Pope. Um, but let, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be um, smashing into the Saints though. I guess that's probably my uh, word of warning um, to the listeners there. And also, it doesn't really make sense to me this line Pope when you compare it to the line last week against Carlton. Like I have Carlton and St Kilda rated very similarly, and and then the week after they put up uh, twenty seven against um, against Essendon when. Uh, Essendon strengthen and St Kilda get weaker. Like so, that, that didn't really um, compute for me. Um, but um, but yeah, probably at the price and still with moving parts to stay out. I think. It's a tough question for you, Mug. You mentioned the line last week in the Carlton Essendon game. How much does that move artificially on on the back of, I guess, unique week for Essendon? 150 oh. year celebration. Does that play a part in what that number does in your? Uh, well, I don't think it did. Uh, that that line uh, kept going, uh, getting bigger and bigger as as we got closer to the jump. I think some yeah. markets had it out to twenty two, so the market wasn't really paying any attention to that, um, from what I could see. And, and I, to be honest, I, I didn't place any <laughs> weight or credence on that whatsoever myself. So, yeah, yeah, mother, what do you say in this one? Yeah, so um, for the bombers, I've actually just on the articles I'm reading, I've actually taken Parish out and. Not put McGrath and Langford in, so a bit of potential upside there for the Bombers. And even you know, with those uh, you know players in and out as they are, I've still got to lean to Essendon at about yeah, two right. Um Yeah, I, I took a bit of the four dollars and the twenty-seven and a half yesterday. I think it was, and, and that's come in a bit now to three fifty and, and twenty-three as we've spoken yeah, to. You, and- you probably backed it in, Mother. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they'd seen my panel this year, they might probably yeah. probably not move the markets on. On my action, but um, yeah, there, um, yeah, potential, a lot of potential upside for Essendon there as well. So definitely uh, keen to be involved at the even at the three fifty. Given you know, there's probably a bit of upside for Essendon, as you mentioned, Billings might be back for the Saints as well. So probably yeah, you know, uh, tread a bit lightly there, but um, yeah, definitely keen on the Bombers at the moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah, two for two for two with opinions for you, Mother. This is strong stuff. We'll stick with you while you're on a roll. We go to Adelaide Oval, Adelaide Oval, Saturday afternoon, Port Power v Swans. Are we going to go three for three for you here? Yeah, I'm uh, liking Port at the moment. Um, I noticed with Sydney that there's a good chance Hickey might come back in and, and Arrowden as well. Um, I've got Port about $1.65. If, if you know, Hickey especially comes in, that probably gets a bit closer to, to market price. Um, so probably a watch there. But, but as things stand, I'm um, liking Port at the moment, yeah. Yeah, busy from you there. Uh, what do you see, Mug? Mate, I, I after teams um, oh, from from the weekend. So you know, after after the Port game, when I do my lines on the Monday, well, I did a Monday night this week after the last game. I, I had Port minus seven. Um, now, Buddy uh, will come back in uh, to that Swans team, and now you're talking potentially um, potentially uh, Hickey coming back in. So that'll uh, that'll drop that, but. But I'm still with Port here, you know, like that. I, I'm still, uh, yeah, I'm still on the Port side, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking Port for a unit um, at the at the current price, uh, Pope. But you know, I'd still make him a favourite, uh, even with those uh, just just a favourite. Uh, but I'd still make him favourite, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take on the uh, take on the travelling team and be with the home team here. So on the back of that, both you, both you two gentlemen are. Siding with Port, does the market move this week in Port's direction? I mean, on the basis, the other models or other smart operators out there see it the same way? 
Yeah, I, th I think most of the uh, the computer modeling seems to be with port. Um, so it might be uh, might be a ploy to get in now at the plus um, while it's still there. And and um, yeah, I, I, I've bet it already, and um, I'd be encouraging others uh, to do the same. Gamble responsibly. Yes, good advice from you, Mark. Yes, the only, the only other thing might be the psychological sort of aspect of seeing Franklin named in, whether that sort of you know gets people you know liking Sydney a bit more. But um, it's hard to know how much of that's already baked in as well. I think there's one other th issue that we're in consensus on that there's not much point talking West Coast games currently. So, with all due respect to our West Australian listeners, we might just move straight through that one. And, Mark, we'll go to GWS, the Western Bulldogs, on Saturday evening, mate. What are you saying? Yeah. Um, again, uh, just have a I, – I made it uh, – I made a pick um, after the, this round, this weekend's action, and then I try and plug in the, the player movement and, uh, and the significant player movement there is Bailey Smith. You know, he, he's out uh, – Got bag issues, so he's uh, he's out of there. <laughs> and, I'm um, interested is, is in the phrasing that was going to take yeah, place. I wasn't, wasn't sure which uh, which phrase I was going to use, but uh, came out with that one. Um, so he's got a few problems, the boy, and um, he's out of there. And uh, you know he's a pretty highly rated player. And GWS lose Perryman uh, back the other way, but they potentially get back to Ranto. So that that's probably almost a, a, a win there for GWS. On, on a rating scale. Um, so yeah, I, I've got uh, GWS uh, rated as a, as a slight fave. And I think um, we're around that sort of peak or just under Mark and um, happy to have a small here, Pope, not, um, not plowing in, but have it, have a unit here on, on GWS. Like it, like it, like mother. What are you saying? Yeah, Pope? I don't have a lane either way here. I've, I've obviously taking Smith out and plug Toronto in and, and near enough got this throw on the market. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to leave this one alone. If they bring in Phil Davis, I might not be on the GWS if, if they bring him in. I reckon he's cooked. They just need to leave him on the sidelines and have him as like an assistant coach. Um, anyway, that's my feeling. Any milestones coming up for Phil? Are they trying to get in a milestone or just... Oh, I think uh, I think there was a bit of talk about that he's ready to go. Whether it'll be AFL or um, what do they call it, NEFL? Or, oh no, it's all VFL now, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think they're talking about him coming back in, but it's just a matter of what level. Oh, surely not. Surely not AFL. Last game of the round, Mark Gold Coast Suns v Adelaide Crows on Sunday. Take it away. Yeah, I think. I just think that number was too big, Pope, uh, when it opened up. I think we had some 30 uh, around there, and um, and we, I, I think we still got high 20s, Pope. Is that right? 28 or something, 29? 28 it was. Uh, 28. And all the prices, uh, two guys, coming to you from Top Sport, as always, uh, they do a great job uh, looking after us and do a great job uh, looking after the punters as well. Tristan and the boys, they'll take you on. They'll take you bet. Great Australian bookie. Been in the caper for over 30 years. Um, so uh, if you haven't done so already, get to Top Sport, sign up, www.topsport.com.au. And, of course, download the app. Uh, so thank you for that reminder, Pope. Um, and, um, yeah, I just think that's a bit high, Pope. Like, Gold Coast going okay um, and have had some good wins in recent times, but it's pretty – you know, we spoke about it the other day when they played North, like, 
Gold Coast have no history of clearing these big lines. And um, I reckon 30's a decent whack. Uh, Adelaide will get Rochelle uh, back and a couple of others. And, um, yeah, mate, happy to uh, – Adelaide have been pretty plucky. Uh, they lose uh, – Gold Coast lose Weller as well. Um, so happy to um, have a crack here at uh, the big number um, for the Crows. Rounds had a pretty strong set from you, Monk. Uh, quality work tonight from you. Modler, what are you saying this one? Yeah, I, don't, I haven't got any significant ins or outs for either team at the moment and a bit of a lean to Adelaide as well. I've got them about 420 so at the, yeah, the $5 probably – Keen to sort of split half a year between the, the head-to-head and the and the line there. So in saying that, in saying that, model, I've maybe I've had Adelaide rated, um, you know, higher than the market nearly all year because I, I seem to always find myself um, being on the Adelaide side. So, I mean, the listeners will need to take that in consideration. But um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think Adelaide are okay here. Like boys, good work. Uh, some pretty strong opinions, number of consensus bets. So definitely something for our listeners in the AFL set. All right, boys. Well, uh, let's get over and talk uh, the game where they throw the ball backwards. Uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to go straight over Thursday night and go straight to Friday night, uh, Pope. And that's Manly uh, hosting the Cows. And uh, we've got 238. 238 at home. Wow. And uh, $1.60, uh, the cows and uh, the line must be a couple of points there. I can't see that here in front of me, but we've got four and a half, um, the line there, Pope. Talk to us. Yeah, I, uh, as preface this by saying, uh, my numbers, I'm going to take with a little bit of grain of salt here. Uh, have not watched a hell of a lot in the last three weeks. Mug, but enough of the excuses. I'm on the minus here. I rate the Cowboys very highly, as I've touched on a number of times. In the last nine games, we've only conceded more than 12 points on two occasions. One of those was Penrith. So with that in mind, if you think Cowboys can get to 16 or 17 here, they cover the minor. So I just think they're a good team. Manly without Turbo, since in the games he's been out of the team this year for Manly, they, they beat teams below them and lose to the ones above them. And Cowboys are third on the ladder and third in... I think the rankings are most at the moment. So, yeah, I like them. I, tr- I trust them. They're a team that shows up week to week at the moment. Yeah, I, I like minus four and a half here. Yeah, rightio. And uh, we'll get some ins and outs. Um, and who's coming in and out? Modler, what do you see here, mate? Yeah, I would have liked to have given the Pope a, a late wedding gift as a, as a first up consensus bet. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm leaning towards Manly here. I think DCE's the big back in for uh, Manly, obviously. And, um, you know, they did well enough without him last week. But, um, you know, he obviously has an impact for my prices. I've got this game right on um, 50-50 here. So, yeah, that 238, um, I'm happy to have a bet on, on Manly at home there. Yeah, okay. And um, did uh, Cowboys get a few of their big boys back? Where's where's that at? Because I know they, they were missing a few um, in the last couple of weeks. Do they get those guys back in? They, they lost the guy for the season last week, um, but Ruben Cotter, who's developed a bit of a cult following uh, yep. as an origin rep, he's back in this week. Tom Lolo played last week um, as well. So it's as close to full strength as they're probably going to get. Kyle Felt is out on the wing, but uh, the hammer and Miso to buy Fidel isn't a bad replacement. So it's a quality team that's playing well. So that's good enough for me, even though it is away from home. 
Okay. Uh, all right. Very good, Pope. And thank you, Modler. Um, so we're uh, the old uh, two men into one man leave there for the first upper. Let's uh, go to Saturday. It's the Melbourne Storm uh, hosting the uh, Broncos. Jeez, haven't they turned things around from the last couple of years? Um, Storm here, very short. Dollar thirteen. Broncos six. We're talking eighteen and a half, Pope. Talk to us about that. Looks big on paper, doesn't it? For a team that's won seven in a row, like if your statisticians out there, I don't know if a team that's won seven in a row would ever be starting eight and a half when underdogs, but here we are. The the reason, or some of the reasons that they are, is Reynolds out for Broncos. Still doesn't look that bad a team on paper, but you dive a little bit deeper. Payne Haas has to be 50-50 after coming off with an AC joint last week. He, he must be in doubt. Not for, not, not for the first time this year he's come off with that too, Pope. Yeah, correct. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him late scratching later in the week. Katoni Staggs got an injury in origin. He's been named. He must be in some sort of out or playing injured. So it's probably not all as it seems in that lineup. And you look on the other team and there's a certain player lurking in jersey number 21 by the name of Rowan Pappenhausen that generally when you name these gun players on the extended bench, more often than not they play. So that gives you some context to minus eight and a half. It's still a big number, so I've got some trepidation. But the, what I do like here, and I've said this before at Amy, is the overs here. Mug, I think it's 42 and a half at the moment. It is a night game, but I'd, I'd still happily back the overs at that. Um, with the storm involved, especially with their attacking potency that they might run out with, with Pap included. So I'm happy to take the chance that he plays and back the overs in that game. So we take the overs. Do we still take the, the line as well, Pope, or we stay clear of the line and just take the overs? I I don't have as much confidence in the minus. I I do for the reasons touch on. They have won seven in a row. They are decent defensively, but um, I still think if you were a Storm fan, that you could back that minus with a degree of degree of confidence with the upside of Pappenhausen playing. But to answer the question, Mug, I've probably got more confidence in backing total points in that game than the minus. Yep, no, love it. Uh, very good. And Mother, do we line up there? Um, excuse me. Um, at the moment, I've got this line up on the market. I've got Storm about a dollar fifteen. That's with Pap on an extended bench. If he happens to slot uh, in the fullback, um, I'd probably have a lean to to the Storm there. And you know, given the short price, I'd be looking more into uh, lines and margins and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, a bit of a watch there for me on on um, on Pap to see what happens. I think before yeah. I, I triggers. Okay. Um- all right, boys. Uh, next up, Saturday night, uh, Parramatta Eels uh, hosting um, Sydney Roosters and uh, Eels a dollar eighty after losing to the Dogs. Um, Sydney Roosters here two bucks. Jeez, that feels like value. Um, Pope, talk to us. Yeah, it certainly does feel like value. Like again, this price is probably baking into an extent. Kiri doesn't play. He's been named this afternoon, but. He got concussed over the weekend. He's got a history of it. So he's probably more unlikely than likely reading between lines. And I think that's baked in that price a little bit. But I'd still be happy to bake the $2 here, I think, even without Kiri. Like Roosters, I know they got done by Storm last week, but they were still relatively good value in that loss. And, and they've turned, turned a corner in the last month or five weeks. And there are a couple other players outside of the Kiri mission coming back for them. So... Other side, how can you trust Parramatta? So I am happy to still bat the rest of $2 and obviously take the risk that Kiri doesn't play, but um, still comfortable enough to back them as underdogs in that one at Combank Stadium on Saturday night. 
And uh, Modler, uh, your feel on this? Yeah, again, I'm, I'm uh, opposing the Pope here. Um, I've got a slight lean on on Parrot, just just above a dollar seventy there. So probably probably enough for a half unit for me. But um, yeah, definitely not getting super excited about um, you know Parrot at home there. And I'm surprised to be honest that it's jumped off the roosters. It's like them the last few weeks now, and they've you know performed pretty well. You know, obviously a bit disappointed they didn't get over the storm, but um, yeah, it's it's you know jumped off some well enough here, and and I guess yeah. As, as Pope alluded to, a bit of upside if Kiri doesn't play to, to get that price on, on Parrot. And, and, and a question for you here, Modler, and um, what is it about your model? So if the Roosters have performed quite well over the last few weeks and they would have been close to expectation in that game against the Storm and then Parra have had a really uh, poor loss, what is it about the model that's jumped off now? I'd say it's probably more that the market sort of reacts more to recent history than the model does. So the model probably, um, yeah, doesn't update to uh, extreme week on week, whereas the market's probably looking, you know, only at the last couple of weeks, say, as far as these big price jumps go. Um, so yeah, so, so will, will your model um, pull in prices and results, like have a stronger, buy, like a rotating bias to what, four weeks, three weeks? Like how, how... Well, it's sort of as far back as I've got history for, but, you know, the more the more recent weeks carry more ratings. So, yep. um, yeah, but probably, yeah, the market's probably, you know, putting a lot more weighting on the recent weeks than, than my model is. And how, so just a question for my own interest and yep. hopefully the listeners as well. Um, how far do you send back that historical all the way back to the start of the season with a, a, an increasing bias as we get closer to the, uh, or an increasing weight, I should probably say, as we get cl- like more recent, or do you only do it like four weeks um, back and, and, and then weight it closer to the, to the current week? Yeah, no, down the player level, I've got it going back like years and years. So, yeah, um, right. Yeah, but obviously, you know, it's once you go back years, the, the, the game five years ago isn't going to carry you know, a, a minute percent of weighting compared to their game last week. So it's just uh, it's just the function of the model where, um, yeah, it, it throws all their games, you know, into the mix, but, uh, yeah, weights it a lot more to the to the more recent games, yeah. And um, and even if those players change teams, you'll still take uh, that, that player rating in. And- yeah, definitely. And what I'm sort of getting towards is kind of, uh, you know, how, how big that update gets. I try and, you know, especially if players change teams or if, you know, there's some other factor in there and I try and sort of have that update factor, you know, a bit more um, extreme, you know, if there is a big change, whereas, you know, later in the season, it doesn't tend to, to, you know, shift their ratings around too much. Yeah. That's uh, that's awesome stuff. The world of modeling, it's uh, just a complete different, uh, different sphere, isn't it? Compared to, um, well, compared to what I do anyway. Um, okay, very good, Mother. That's uh, that's that's great. Um, and, uh, and boys, the last game that I've got here on my list, uh, we're going back um, to the Pope's tried and true milk. Uh, we've got the Raiders here on the Sunday and they're hosting Newcastle. $1.27 here, the Raiders. Uh, Knights, $3.80. Um, but uh, Pope, they're starting to string a few together, the, uh, the green machine. Ten and a half the line. What have you got for us here? Yeah, four of the last six of one, and they really should have done better against Brisbane on Saturday night, Munger. They were all over in the last 15, 20 minutes, down by six. Broncos were missing plenty. They didn't have a fit player on the bench, but they couldn't do the business where it matters most, and that's probably a failing of the halves. But for 80% of the ground, they were, they were pretty impressive. They just couldn't finish it. So 
I don't think they lost anything in terms of where they're at in that game. And I'm happy to, I'd even scrap the minus 10 and a half here and go a big number. I'd, I'd back them as an alternate. It's probably minus 19, minus 20, just go down that road. If they win, they win big. Newcastle can go missing if things go against them. And again, with uh, the theme of this podcast, Caitlin Pong has to be in some doubt after coming off with HIA on Sunday afternoon as well. So you got that on your side there. So I'd probably just back them in a big number at home on Sunday. They're showing in their form spite they can score points. They're averaging 25 points a game in their last five. So, yeah, I'd, I'd back them in a big alternate here would be my the way I go here, Monk. He's uh, really taken a, a full swing at your Knights uh, there, Modler. Um, are you swinging at them as well? Uh, or uh, can you be with uh, the, the with your side? Yeah, I'm swinging back. I'm actually, yeah, still still liking Newcastle a bit. Um, oh. About the 380. I've got them about $3. Yeah, as, as Probe mentioned, yeah, um, Pong is a big question mark. I, I see the way that the extended bench is named. They're kind of, you know, bracing for him to, to drop out. So, um yeah, for me, I'd probably wait till 24 hours before the match to see those sort of updated squads and then um, probably make a, a play then. But, um, yeah, if, assuming he plays, I'm liking it on the price, yeah. Yeah, okay. And even if he doesn't, have they got a replacement that's adequate enough that will throw the price even more in your favour that you'll be happy to take at that time, you think, or...? Oh, in a word, no. Probably. <laughs> so, uh, so without without um, without Ponga, you think uh, your bets are off? Is that is that what you what you? Yeah, I'd say so. It's definitely a watch for me. And, and if he's if he's out, then I'll I'll scratch that bet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But and and the Pope's with uh, with the milk. So uh, that's interesting, boys. So that that's probably. Uh, the first week where you guys have disagreed so much uh, in in the NRL and Mother, I don't think there's been a week where we've agreed more. So, um, <laughs> so that's uh, so that's interesting. Normally, it's you two really lining up, and and this week it's uh, it's been uh, myself and Mother. So, um, yeah, that's uh, there you go. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, it uh, it all works out. I'm sure it will. Um, boys, uh, anything else? No, I don't think so. Uh, in seven days' time, I'd uh, hopefully have a little bit better handle on things, Mug. That's probably just uh, personal uh, feedback from myself. Mate, it's, yeah, it, but that's, it sounds even uh, by the way you've been speaking tonight, uh, Pope. It sounds like you might have been tucked up in the lovely bed there uh, with with the lovely uh, watching a bit of TV o- over the top of the bed sheets. I, I reckon <laughs> you sound like you've managed to consume a little bit while you've been away. So uh, I'm sure uh, the things that you've spoken about tonight are more than uh, okay. But I know what you mean. It's it's good to get back into the swing of it and. Uh, and watch a few games and all that sort of stuff. Well, gents, uh, good chat there on AFL and NRL. Plenty there for the listeners uh, to digest and uh, and decide what they're going to do for the weekend. We'll get the email. This might be a tricky one. I'm going to be a bit uh, having a little neop on Thursday, Pope. So uh, so hopefully I'm in a state uh, to be able to pump the email out on uh, on Thursday. Um, but uh, all things going well, I'll get the email out on Thursday. Uh, if not, it might have to be on Friday. But uh, as we always say, Pope, I'll throw it to you, the newlywed. Can you sign us off? I certainly can, Mark. Gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.